Here we are again. It is April 2020, and we are taking care of the podcast for you. But you might notice a little bit different audio quality. Hey, Jeff, uh, would that be because maybe I'm not sitting next to you this time? We are definitely practicing our social distancing. So, uh, yeah, this podcast is a little different. We're on a on a group chat through a through a wonderful Microsoft product, and uh, we're gonna gonna hope for some good quality. Let's do this. Let's get started with a safety message, Adam. Yep. Well, before we get any further, let's, uh, you know what, let's repeat the same safety message we had last month because it's, uh, we're all still uh, in the midst uh, of the CV-19 uh, pandemic. And so make sure that you remember that you're on a hands-free device, number one, but also to be disinfecting your phones, your Bluetooth devices, things like that, uh, your PeopleNet tablets. Uh, if you drive for another carrier, Transport America drivers, you guys I know are on, on Qualcomm's. So make sure you're disinfecting those as well. You touch them on a daily basis. You interact with people. You come back in, touch them again. So make sure to be disinfecting those. Good way to keep yourself healthy. Absolutely. Uh, getting into some trucking news, um, we had a little bit of changing changing story with that Utah deal out, out there out west, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you guys might remember it hit the news real big. Uh, CFI, I know we put some stuff out about it. Uh, Utah was going to require CMV operators to fill out a survey um you know just just a text survey you'd click on it and go to a link just trying to help control this this pandemic but uh that changed quickly yeah it looked like looked like when as soon as you were crossing into the state line or there very there shortly that they were going to send you a text message to ask you to fill out a survey um and then within about just a, a day or two uh, that changed to where it was just going to be personal vehicles only. It wasn't going to be yeah. commercial vehicles. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really a really rapidly changing story, and uh, you know the reason we want to bring that up. We ran into this last month when we did the podcast. We did a big news segment, something that I think we had thought about doing for a long time, and then bef- we recorded it two days before we published it, and the news changed. And uh, I wanted to use this one as an example, and I made sure and threw this on there because. There's a lot of good information out there. Make sure you're tr- you go to trusted sites to get your trucking news, especially, and it's good for news in general. But you know, when you're dealing with the industry, you know, things like Freightways and TruckingInfo.com, Trucking.org, are, are good locations. You can you can get trusted news that will update very quickly. Absolutely, and one of the other places that you know our our folks at CFI and TA can keep up on their up on their news is is the the workplace site. Uh, we are sharing a lot of links on that those pages, and um, you know, even through our lo- our Loves partnership with the truck stop, there uh, they they are very good at keeping up on on ever their their changing um, news cycles every day. Yeah, um, and I can tell you, we do have uh, we'll make sure and attach a list on on the podcast.cfi drive. Uh, dot com again we'll we'll put a list of the fuel locations um you know all of the big ones you know even including ones that we don't necessarily feel out like road ranger you know we we don't stop there for fuel but we know you have to park there so at least all the large ones we'll put something up about their responses and give you a link to what they're doing 
Um, and, and that's obviously available on Workplace as well. I know that Jeff and I kind of talked about it with the YVH page on Workplace. We pinned it at the top, and we're going to leave it there until all this is done. And so that way, that link is always easy to find. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the show. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Jeff, you want to introduce our guest today? Yeah, we got a little bit of a Mike and Mike. Um, fortunately for us, we got a better Mike and Mike than the Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick show. Um, <laughs> we got Mike Hens and Mike Servine, our Senior Vice President and Vice President of Sales. Hey, everybody. Mike hey. Hens here. Hey, good afternoon. Mike Servine. Hey, guys. Nice to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. Well, Mike, uh, Mike Servine, before we get too far into uh, the main topics of the show, you've been around the company for a long, long time. I think I, lo I looked earlier since the early 90s. Yeah, I've got a few uh, gray hairs to, to go with that. Uh, started in uh, 91, 1991, moved uh, originally from El Paso, Texas, moved to uh, Joplin to join CFI. And uh, and this is home. I've never moved away since. So this is where I'll I'll call my permanent residency and uh, and uh, hope to retire here with CFI and stay in the Joplin community. So right now, um, currently leading our sales team uh, for U.S., Canada, Mexico, uh, our revenue management team, which really means everything, every price that goes through our, our business from the asset side uh, goes through our team. And uh, anything to do with Mexico, whether it's uh, ensuring that we're working with our our carrier partners down in Mexico along the borders, uh, our logistics division in Mexico as well. And so uh, a nice uh, broad portfolio that I'm able to support and glad to do it. Yeah. Um you know, actually, Mike, kind of a unique opportunity. I'm sorry, this one's a little out of left field because we didn't put this on the list there, but I kind of just thought of uh -oh. this. Sorry, sorry. Um, we don't get to talk about our uh, our our employees, our family that's in Mexico. Uh, how are they doing right now? I mean, I mean, obviously, we know how big the this is in the United States, but we don't hear a lot about outside of besides the major hotspots. Are, are they doing okay? Yeah, appreciate you asking that. Um, you know, we have over 100 employees, roughly about 105 employees in Mexico, stretching all the way from uh, from Mexicali, which is, uh, you know, the by the California border, all the way down to Mexico City. And so we've got customer service, uh, load planners, everything down in Mexico, just like we have in the U.S., uh, because we do run a Mexico operation uh, uh, intra-Mexico. So... Glad you asked. Everybody is doing uh, actually great. We're doing the same thing here, uh, working from uh, home base. Uh, we run six terminals down there with LTL freight, and uh, you know those folks have to be out there, uh, you know, uh, making sure that they're loading the pallets and putting them in the trucks and things of that nature. Just the same here, and so same thing. Social distancing that we're trying to do, making sure that they have clean materials uh, to support them as well. And, you know, uh, I, I will tell you, Mexico is barely coming into the crisis that the U.S. is. So um, they're just slightly delayed, but we're going to see uh, that ramp up come up where they're going to continue to see more uh, COVID uh, crisis down there, as well as uh, a little more uh, plant shutdowns in some scenarios. But a lot of what we do cross border uh, really is impacted by what the U.S. does. So. Some of those businesses already uh, closed down that, uh, you know, on a cross-border basis, so we're not hauling that uh, particular freight. But employees, 
fortunately, uh, everybody's doing very well, and uh, no, uh, nobody has uh, raised their hand that they've been uh, infected by the COVID. So glad to, to see that happen for sure. That's good to hear. Yeah, no doubt. That's, you know, it, obviously we all have concerns with freight, everything like that. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure our families all are okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for either of you, just an overall view, you know, our, our KPI is one. Maybe you can explain, guys, what a KPI is for the audience that may not know. Well, I'd be, this is Mike Kins, I'd be glad to start and then maybe Mike uh, Servine, you just do some additional color commentary. KPIs stand for key performance indicators. And really those are the, if you had to think about your dashboard on your truck, you know, oil pressure, speed, RPMs, you know, air pressure, all those sort of things are, are your dials, your KPIs on your truck, how it's operating. Well, our business operates off of dials just like a truck. And so KPIs for us can be about load volume, build miles, rate per build mile, um, retention, safety, you know, um, uh, MPG if I, didn't, uh, if I didn't mention it. There's a whole host of different things that represent trucking KPIs. And, you know, maybe um, Jeff, I could just give some insight as to a few of those KPIs. Would that be good? Absolutely. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, the first quarters come to an end and I can tell you that we were pretty successful during a very challenging quarter as we came into 2020. Um, freight was, I would say, a little bit of a challenge in January and February. First quarter, that's not unusual and we fought our way through it. And then as we got into March and especially mid-March, it got a little bit tricky because some of our customers were booming as we got into this COVID-19 situation, whereas others began to trend down and ultimately shut down. So the KPI of freight volume, um, I would say overall, it went pretty well for us in the month of March, or, I mean the uh, first quarter rather, but it was a fight. And it was it was tricky to navigate. Um, rates, on the other hand, again because freight being soft a little bit, some of our rates were down in the first quarter. But we worked through that. Uh, in regards to MPG, I can proudly say, and Adam, you know this better than anyone, that our MPG in the first quarter was better than it's been for the last two years. Yeah, very yeah. pleased very pleased with how the fleet has helped us to certainly save money by by doing a better job with our our fuel efficiency but it's also just a good practice to try to be you know ecological in the sense that we we did a better job of of burning a natural resource so i'm really proud of that that's it's terrific uh, there's a few others that that certainly bear mentioning um, our productivity was steady throughout the first quarter, and that's important given the, the challenges that, that we had with freight. But the other one that I'll call out is working percentage. That means of all our seated tractors, you know, how many of the drivers are out there working any given day? And that's an important function for us to be able to generate the revenue that we need to sustain the company and reinvest later. Our working percent has been incredibly strong even through the, the, the COVID-19 situation. And wow, what a testament to the, 
professionalism and and um, um, commitment and and dedication of our driver force. And the last thing that I'll talk about as a KPI is probably one of the most important KPIs of all, and that's safety. Our accident per million mile has improved steadily in the first quarter. And I'm so proud of that because we all know what great safety leads to. Certainly it's, it allows us to be lower cost and certainly it, it allows us to provide better service. But in terms of the human aspect, it means that we protected the motoring public. That means that we took care of ourselves and our teammates. And so that's the one that, that, that is perhaps the most important KPI of all. And that's the, the accident frequency, which has truly been a, a, a really good KPI for the first quarter. Yeah, um, Mike, I, you know, that safety one, I'll, I'll agree with you. Obviously, we uh, we just had, what, the first major spring storm. And, uh, you know, proud to say we may, we had we had a couple of trucks involved, but thank goodness the drivers are safe, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but that's just a big reminder to throw out there right now. You know, we, we do send out uh, some tornado messages. We've got people on, on each shift that monitor for that. Uh, but remember the trucks have a weather band radio too, Jeff. I know you've, you use those whenever you drove, I used them when I drove, um, make sure when that weather's bad tune to that weather radio, you know, here in the spring, that's, that's an important call out. Well, I know this is going to lead into, um, something that I think Mike Servine could talk a lot about, you know, some people don't realize that, that one of the KPIs is actual load count. We look to make sure we have enough freight for everyone, certainly, and that the miles are there. So our length of haul typically is somewhere between 800, 825. And for a fleet our size, we need about 4,900 to 5,000 loads per week to keep our fleet functioning and our drivers highly uh, productive while they're out there. So that's also a critical KPI. And what Mike will likely allude to as we turn it over to him to talk about customers is that out of our top 50, we've had about 19 customers that are have either shut down completely, Pacar, Michelin, and we've had a bunch of others that have backed off considerably because the demand for what they do is less because their customers are shut down. So really what we've seen is we've had to come up with new customers and more freight with existing customers to backfill that loss of freight during the month of March, especially. And as we get into April, we're seeing some of our go-to customers, they just don't have the freight. But what Mike and his team and along with customer service have been able to do is transition to find sources of freight to keep everybody busy. And we've accentuated the amount of food, um, consumer um, consumer products, uh, medical supplies, uh, things of that nature, um, um, uh, pet foods, uh, agricultural uh, adjacent businesses. And we've been able to keep our freight volume at about what it needs to be. Although fair to say that we've had, had, have had some soft pockets Overall, we've been able to sustain those KPIs, which are miles per week and loads per week. So maybe with that, it would be good to just transition it over to Mike and let him give a little color commentary on, on the freight situation. Yeah, uh, appreciate that, Mike. Well, first I wanted to start it off, you know, 
what did we start last year? You know, uh, I would tell you fourth quarter of last year, what we've been working really hard is diversifying our portfolio. And that means how do we get into different verticals or different industries? And, and what does that look like for setting us up for 2020? 2019, we really worked hard on bringing on new customers uh, from all the different industries. That was great. No different in 2020. We know we need to continue doing them, but we really focused on um, trying to set up the food and beverage industry, the consumer products industry. And I'll tell you, we didn't have a crystal ball that this was going to happen. We were just very fortunate in, in our strategy that that was an industry we wanted to target in 2020 and leading in from 2019. So happy to say we did the right levers in 2019 to help us uh, with what's happening right now. And so with that, you know, the things that we were uh, definitely looking at, we went after some uh, Mauser packaging, which is in the uh, food and beverage. They manufacture packaging for, for them. Uh, we went after uh, some 3PLs that manage Procter & Gamble, Kraft & Heinz. Uh, we developed PepsiCo a little bit more uh, from that perspective. We're still chasing uh, General Mills, Mars, and things of that nature. But um, fortunately, again, we, we started to see that last year rolling into this year. So, uh, and then uh, what Mike alluded to is, while it's been somewhat soft as we can all say Q1, uh, and we know it'll carry definitely into Q2, in Q1, we brought in 93 new accounts. Can you believe that? In a quarter, 93 new accounts the sales team went after and, and, and got on there. That represented roughly uh, 4,800 new shipments that we actually picked up in Q1 because of those accounts. So that really helped with the, the downturn in some of our accounts that Mike mentioned in the, in the, uh, the Packard, the Michaels, Michelin, Daimler all those manufacturing that we saw in the latter half of March, then just went downhill in manufacturing and retail, right? But I'll tell you what, we had other customers step up. We had customers like Tractor Supply uh, step up, their volume increased, and, and they gave us freight to help them over the, uh, the time period. Home Depot stepped up, Lowe's stepped up, Clorox, uh, James Smuckers, uh, Halyard Health. So we had a large amount of different customers really helping us uh, help balance the downward trend. So we were super glad to definitely see that. You know, one of the interesting parts, another aspect of we do bids every year, right? That's how a lot of our big customers uh, send us opportunities to price. Over the last three years in Q1, we did 149 bids. 200 bids in 2019 and 2020, 254 bids. That number doesn't sound big by itself, but when you look at the accounts that we do business with, those accounts that bid represent over 60% of our business. So every year, over 60% of our business is out to market. And we try to go out there and retain business, uh, find new businesses. But what it really that means is our network is constantly changing. We may not have the same city we have as before, but we're true to what we're trying to say is our network is this, and we're going to stay within that network even though our lane mix may change. So it's uh, it's crazy that we do that amount of uh, of business that is constantly changing in, in today's environment. So wanted to give you a little bit of background on that. 
um, as far as load count, as Mike alluded to, pretty strong in, in Q1, although the last two weeks kind of dipped off. We know that. Uh, going into Q2, we're going to fight every day for every load with customer service and ourselves fighting for that because it's not, uh, you know, we don't anticipate that really till coming up until uh, really sometime early May is where we're getting a lot of indications that shippers are going to start coming back. They're stating late April, uh, early May, mid-May, and, uh, you know, nobody has that crystal ball on, on how this crisis is going to continue over the next few weeks. But for, for sure, we can control our destiny of uh, the number of opportunities and working with our customers to, to scrap for every load. So Mike, you know, background. Mike, you know that just like our drivers are out there picking up and delivering freight each and every day, our sales staff is out there, um, may not be literally knocking on doors anymore, but virtually knocking on doors. How How is that all going and how has that changed for those folks? Well, it, it's there. If you're in sales, um, you're a type of a personality and you got to be moving. So I'm sure their, their sheetrock has a little bit of holes from their head hitting the wall. Uh, a little bit of trying to get the third crazy and wanting to get out for darn sure. Uh, but they're doing really well. We, you know, we've had to make some minor adjustments. We're always prospecting, right? Uh, and prospecting has changed not only now, but over the last few years where you just mentioned knocking on doors, seeing what trailers are at what yards and kind of knocking that door. You know, it, it's changed in the, in the sense that it's hard to get in the front door anymore. You know, they got security protocols and things of ne that nature. So every a lot of your search in the front end has to come through uh, social media, uh, LinkedIn, uh, different uh, platforms that you're having to touch base via email with them. So I, uh, I would tell you they're perfecting that uh, in that case and, and trying to reach out differently uh, with the support of marketing and the tools that they've been able to develop on our brand awareness and, and some of the uh, things that we're putting out has really helped us. So we're approaching it differently. Um, but we're still generating a ton of, uh, I'll just call it leads and opportunities uh, out there. And so speaking of that, in, in Q1, we, um, we created 597 opportunities in our database. And what that means is that as simple as one lead could have, you know, 10, 15, 20 shipments, another lead could have you know, a couple of thousand. It's just crazy that uh, we got to keep knocking on those doors. It's a, a little different. And uh, as soon as they uh, re, uh, are able to release them out on that uh, uh, on the street, they're going to be pounding that and ready to go for sure. Well, Mike, you know, kind of kind of along that, obviously, a lot of the listeners are, are drivers, um, <clears throat> you know, and this is a part of the business that they know is out there, but maybe they don't have a lot of tie to a lot. Um, you know, for a professional driver out there, is there anything they can do to help or support the, the sales team that's out helping them get that freight? Well, I'll tell you what, um, what they do now is absolutely critical and important. Uh, and what I say by that is when we were out in the field, our customers always say, you know, what CFI is known for is a, a few things in, in our mind. Number one is the uh, professionalism of the drivers that come in and knock at our doors and, and deliver freight. Um, the Your equipment is super stellar. It's always clean and uh, there's really not a lot of issues to them. So um, the, the appearance of our equipment, our professional drivers, 
And ultimately, what the dry, uh, our customers really care about, um, well, of course, is the safety of our team, but they really care about that we picked up their freight on time and we delivered it on time damage-free, right? That, that's the expectation that they have out there. And we do a phenomenal job of it, and we get accolades constantly from, from our customers around that. So for number one is continue to do that, right? Continue to be uh, our face in our, with our customer because our co- our drivers touch our customers more than our sales team. They're at the delivering 2,000 shipments or so many shipments on a daily basis. They touch our customers. So thank you for the professionalism that you uh, you have. I can tell that you know in today's world, patience. You know, uh, we've not had uh, complaints from that respect, but we I want to thank everybody for the patience because things are changing. It might take a little longer at the docks to to either get loaded or unloaded because they're not fully staffed either. Right. They are uh, conscientious of, of, you know, social distancing. Right. And so uh, it's a different uh, game right now for our professional drivers that are out there. And I just want to say thank you for showing that professionalism and the patience around this because um, they truly absolutely appreciate it and pre-checks post-checks uh, on the trailers is absolutely critical uh, ensuring that you have a plan uh, or that you plan your your freight accordingly and ensuring that you're going to be able to pick up and deliver on time on your planning is absolutely critical and the other is if you have leads absolutely send them in there's a a, a way you can send them in on on, uh, workplace Uh, we've had a few drivers when they're at a dock and and they're listening to customers complain about um, those other carriers that they were late getting there and they're always having problems those are great leads for us to you know pass along and we'll have our sales team definitely call on those shippers and then seeing how we can uh you know help them because we don't get that hardly any complaints on our side so those are just a few of the tidbits. That's good to hear, Mike. Shifting gears just a little bit, uh, throwing back at, at uh, Mike Hens here. Um, we've had a ton, and that's probably an understatement, Adam, that we've had a ton of um, requests and wanting to know what we're doing to help our professional drivers through this, whether you know it's with the gloves, with the, the hand sanitizer and that sort of thing. Mike, can you give us a little bit of an update on that and how we're doing on that? Oh, you bet. I'd love to. Um, I think that some of the most important things that we've done to try to help keep all our team members, but in particular in this call, um, keep our our drivers safe is one, we've put as many supplies as possible out at the terminals. Now they run out and we have to restock and we have to reorder and all that kind of business. But, you know, gloves, masks, hand sanitizer, soap, you know, things of that nature. Um, We're constantly ordering and refilling and ordering and refilling. So I just encourage you to, you know, as you get through a terminal, um, go in there, pick up what you need. Don't take more than what you need, but pick up what you need. And if you remember very early on, we also gave the drivers a a reimbursement allowance that if they could find it out there to go ahead and get it and, you know, seek reimbursement. So we really tried to, you know, make drivers as much as possible the captain of their ship when it comes to their safety. So we're, we're doing our part. I can tell you just yesterday, um, Nancy and Tim um, at our, at our um, loading dock at the uh, corporate office, they filled, hand-filled over 450 bottles of hand sanitizers from these giant jugs that we were able to, uh, 
to purchase on the uh, on the market, and we just took it into our own hands. And so they're distributing that uh, those uh, those those uh, small, I probably one or two ounce bottles of hand sanitizers, and they're sending them out to the to the different terminals for our drivers to use. So we're trying to do as much of that as we can, but you can imagine if you order masks today, you know, they tell you that it might be there in two weeks. So we're dealing with the same struggles that, that others are. Now, just to be clear, these masks are not the N95 medical professional masks that are in such high demand. They're really the ones that are just meant to, you know, just the, the, the minimum barrier masks that, that many communities right now are suggesting everybody wear anyway. But the other thing, and, and it's probably almost just as important, if not more, is the work that you guys are doing, that we're doing on Workplace, that we're doing over the uh, PeopleNet, and that's ensuring that there's a place where drivers can get good information. Information is so critical for the captain of the ship to make a good choice, to make good decisions, to stay sane. <laughs> and so we've tried to pump out as much quality information as we can lay our hands on. The other things that, that I might point out to you is that your fleet management team is constantly looking for anything that they can get in front of for you, making sure you've got the details to get in and out of, of customer locations, making sure that they're a, um, a communication a tool for our drivers when our drivers see things that are unusual or concerning. The, the fleet management team turns back to the organization and lets us know what you're seeing and hearing out there over the road. So that's a big deal. A couple other things, um, at the headquarters level, we're constantly in contact with our customers and what are their protocols. We're constantly in contact with the governors and the state trucking associations and DOTs at the different states to make sure we understand what the rules are so we can set our drivers up for success and then make sure you understand that information. And the last thing, and hopefully everyone is well aware of that, is that we've coordinated with Blue Cross Blue Shield and another third party agency to provide telehealth services while you're out over the road if you start feeling um, poorly and you need somebody to help diagnose and, and talk you through um, what your conditions and symptoms are so you can make good choices. And then lastly is that, you know, as the captain of your ship, if you're concerned and not feeling well, we entrust you with the decision on whether you're safe to drive. Yeah, no, uh, you know, that's uh, all great points. and. You know, Mike, that kind of turns it right here to uh, to ask you kind of one of those really big questions that I know uh, we asked Greg this last month, and he got a little bit teary-eyed. I know you're a little passionate about this too. So, uh, but but Mike, right now to our country, how important are drivers? Huh. I I don't even know how how to do a a good job at articulating the absolute essential nature of what they're doing. I, I know the word essential workers is going around a lot lately, but truckers have been essential workers for as long as I've been in this business. And I, I started in 1995. You know, we all know that 70% of everything that we use comes on a truck. We know that grocery stores would essentially run out of food and, and consumables within three days. We know that hospitals and manufacturing and, and water sanitation and all of these things that in this great country we take for granted 
are so dependent on what our drivers haul in the back of their truck. So I think that a lot of goodwill is coming towards drivers right now that is well, well overdue. The, the, the drivers that, that I have known over my 20 plus years of, of working in this business, they're the fabric of America. They, you know, they're Coke and Pepsi and they're, they're, they're red and they're blue and they're Packers and Bears and they're GEDs and PhDs and they come from all walks of life, all, you know, kinds of backgrounds and they are bonding and serving the nation and North America, I might add, not just the United States, but they're serving North America to make sure that people can continue to live and thrive and survive not only in difficult times like this, but during the everyday normal times. So to say that our drivers are setting the bar high on professionalism and patriotism and dedicated loyal service to, to the country, I, I don't know how you, how you put a bow on that, but drivers, my hat's off to you. Yeah, they're definitely finally getting some of that well-deserved recognition that we 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 that work in the trucking industry have, you know, thought for so long the, the motoring public and just the you know, just public in general, they're they're finally given that that I don't know what the word is. Appreciation that appreciation towards the drivers that they've deserved for so long. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's been amazing to see the stories and, and hear, uh, you know, just hear what people are running into and getting in the getting on the road, you know, uh, just just everyday people stopping to thank a thank a truck driver for, yeah. you know, delivering a load of batteries. You know, it's uh, it's it, it's very impressive. And, I, you know, I, I didn't drive for terribly long, but when I did, we didn't get stuff like that. And Jeff, I think you were the same way. It was pretty rare. Yeah, it's it's cool to see the videos on social media. You know, the drivers are pulling into way stations or wherever it may be and the the DOT and just the, you know, private, you know, folks that are out there just handing out lunches or doing whatever they're doing. Even even the big corporations, you see the restaurants that are offering to let drivers pull into their facilities and bring them out lunch and then they're they're not even charging them for it. So it's it's just a really neat thing to see. It really is. Yep. Well, uh, I couldn't agree more. And um, I just wanted to, you know, as we kind of close out here, Mike, both of Mike and Mike, uh, thank you both for, for being a part of, a part of the podcast this month and, uh, you know, kind of an odd format, I think, but I, I think it's been pretty well. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's been fun. I, I enjoy the heck out of this. Yeah. I appreciate you guys, uh, having me on the call. Uh, I rarely get on, on the call and, um, love to do some more of it down the road. Yeah, well, I think uh, Mr. Veen, yeah, Serveen, this is uh, this is the first time we've had you on the show. Uh, you know, I think when uh, when we can all go back into the office, we're going to have to have you in there so you can come into the studio with us at some point. No photos. Nobody wants to see my photos. <laughs> <laughs> but well, as we kind of close out here, uh, Mike Hens, I think you had a, a safety message for us. Well, I'd, I'd be honored. You know, I, I think about two things right now and. Distracted driving, you know, that's always a big deal and we've preached about it for years and years and years, but with everything going on and everyone thinking about so many things in their personal lives, 
you know, I would just encourage everyone to really go back to the basics in, in regards to um, preventing distracted driving. And I would also, you know, say that there's many people on the roads with you that could potentially be distracted as well as they're trying to work through all of these challenges and, and um, different situations. So one of the things that I always talk about with our new orientation class is the difference between defensive driving and protective driving. And defensive driving made sense when we were getting our driver's license when we were young men and women, and we were just learning how to, how to navigate across the roads with other drivers. But now that we've graduated into the, uh, the profession of transportation and logistics, uh, protective driving is really what we all need to keep in mind. And I would just ask that we all do our very best to not only protect ourselves and, and you know, care for our, the product of our customers, but also make sure that we're doing our best to protect others as, as they're going about their business uh, every day and uh, keep them safe as well. Couldn't have, been, couldn't have been better said, Mike. Appreciate both of you guys coming on the show. Uh, just to wrap up, wanted to thank you drivers again, not just our CFI drivers and TA drivers, but all the drivers that may be listening across the country. Appreciate what you guys do for us. Um, the country is truly learning that you guys are an uh, intricate part of this, and we absolutely need you. Yeah, and you know, just to, to everybody's point, Mike, to your point earlier about about how quickly grocery stores shut down. Uh, you know, I can turn around. I've got a Walmart order I got to pick up today. They they returned over a hundred dollars worth of items just because they don't have it, and wow. so stuff they weren't able to have. So, you know, obviously uh, the the industry's doing doing everything in their power, and it's amazing how fast those shelves empty. So, guys, we appreciate everything you are doing out there. Thank you so much. We'll see you in May.